My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello, and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today I am here with Melissa Moon. She is with Moon Healing Studio, and she is a licensed massage therapist, healer. She does all kinds of cool things, helping people to reset their nervous system, to get back into balance and harmony so that they can truly hear the voice of their spirit and feel that life force energy flowing through them. Um, she is a healer at heart and doing wonderful things out in Northern California, soon to be branching out online. So welcome, Melissa. How are you today? I'm good. I'm really good. I just, I actually don't do massage. Oh, okay. Just Reiki and a lawn healing systems. Oh, awesome. Okay. Very cool. Then it's yes. energy massage. <laughs> yes, I'm energetically getting into that aura. Absolutely. Awesome. I love that even better. Those are my favorite kinds. So <laughs> I always go, give me, give me the cranial sacral, give me the Reiki, give me the, yeah, the energy stuff. Cause that definitely. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does something so special to, to the spirit and, and just quieting the mind and the body. So thanks for clarifying that. Absolutely. So tell us a little more about that, the Elon systems and, you know, a lot of people know about Reiki, but, you know, let us know how you use it and, and what your, what your work is about. Reiki definitely was my first spiritual practice after coming out of the allopathic, um, medical model. I would did x-ray tech and medical assisting and, um, so really enjoyed that foundation base of, of my knowledge of the human body. And then moving into motherhood, I found that being in that really high paced Western medical space just did not, it didn't work for me. And it actually didn't work for me in the way that I wanted to serve people. You know, I think so many of us really do have this intrinsic desire and need to be of service in a really impactful way in um, our community and in our lives and for the people that we love and we care about. And so when I became pregnant, you know, I, obviously stuff sw switches, you know, our hormones shift in such an interesting and different way. And we start to see the world in a new light. And so um, I wanted something more gentle. And so leading me out of that model into Reiki, I became a Reiki practitioner and was really just loving the universal life force energy that Reiki offers and able to offer that to other friends and family and then creating a practice around it. And then over time, I just, I get a little bored easily at some point, right? I think we all kind of, we're excited about something then we plateau and then it's like, okay, where do I go from here? And how do I keep as an entrepreneur, how do I keep building on my skills and keeping things fresh and exciting and really, following that path of honoring, you know, that life of service. 
And so my own personal healing crisis led me to Elon. Elon stands for Extraordinary Living Advanced Neurology. And so I was able to take this really big foundation of x-ray technician, medical assisting, sports med uh, therapy work that I've done in the past on top of the Reiki work, right? So understanding that, oh, we have a physical body and oh my gosh, and we have a spiritual body. We have an emotional body. We have these layers of ourselves that don't just stop at the skin. You know, we have to honor this, this bubble, this aura that we also inhabit that connects us to the all. And so Elon was one of those aha click into place moments where I was like, oh, I can take everything that I've learned and funnel it into this work. And also on top of this work, I get to learn high-end neurology, immunology, endocrinology, um, understanding like the patterns and behaviors of why it is we do the things we do, you know, psychoneuroimmunology, epigenetics. So it really took all this stuff and put it into this big, beautiful bubble that I get to work with people on a consistent daily basis, not just watching people get better and healthier, but watching them get more connected in themselves and finding that home base in themselves. It's like, I just went through the flu last week. And like my mantra that whole week, yesterday, last week was like, I'm here and I'm in my body. It was like the thing that got me through being in a high fever, laying in bed, not feeling very good. And it was like, oh, I get to be here and I get to be in my body. And I get to like intrinsically like explore my body and all the little aches and pains and everything that's happening and not to see it as something that I just want to go away, but I got to see it as an opportunity for my own personal growth, my own personal development, my own personal evolution and change into this next version of the person that I'm continually evolving into. And so Alon encompasses that in its philosophy and in its art, but also it's stemmed in high end neurology. It's high touch, low force work or the word light touch, you know, whether it's light as in we're coming in in a light manner, like very gentle, soft touch, but also we are light beings. So we're bringing in the light and encouraging with your breath, focus, presence, and movement in the body to take that light that you already have, that ease that already exists inside of you and to help spread it through the system because we're all energy. So how do you take free energy and move it through so that you can bump it into bound energy to gently repurpose it, move it through the system and out in like be able to process these types of things because neurologically we're always upgrading our system. So a law and technology gives us that opportunity to really tap into those up levelings and that upgrading, just like your phone upgrades its system all the time. Mm-hmm. Our nervous system needs to upgrade its system. And that's what a lawn helps people do. I love that. And it makes total sense because it's, it's happening, whether we're intentional about it or not, but it sounds like it really helps you to then be super intentional and present about those upgrades and, and yeah, being in, you know, the way you were describing being present with your flu in your body and all the little things, it's like that ultimate spiritual presence is so important for so many things, but especially physical healing when we're, when we're, our immune system is down. So I I love that. And, and yeah, I would, I'm going to look that up. That sounds amazing. Um, 
And so speaking of being present and being in the body, and I know, you know, I teach intuitive development and, and trust in, in that, that inner voice. And as we talked about before we began recording the show that, you know, we can get confused about what, what is what, if we're, if our nervous system is not intact and it's not in balance. So, you know, you mentioned um, in your, your application to come on the show that you grew up without some support for that sensitive and intuitive nature within yourself. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how, how, what that was like for you to experience that and then to grow into this work that you do today? So when we're children, so I I have children of my own, right? So I get to see this firsthand, um, my old internal patterns that were set out of fight or flight, right? Out of survival, out of just trying to make do with the world. And those types of things start from when we're in the womb. You know, when we're in the womb, we are absorbing mama's chemicals. We can hear the world. We can feel the world through our mother's experience. And so it does start, you know, we can also talk about like karmic and generational stuff as well, but it's like, it all does start in the womb and how that experience of the mother translates to your experience, how your birth experience translates to your experience now, how it is that you're being raised and nurtured or not nurtured, you know, all those things really make a difference in how we experience our life in this very moment. Up until the age of seven, our kids are working in theta waves, right? So very programmable waves. So in the traditions of Steiner and uh, Waldorf, you know, there's a lot to be said up until the seven year change about the incarnation of our bodies. And so during that time, you know, our parents are doing the best that they can do, but you know, it's like we fall and we skin our knee and it's just like, you're fine. Get up, you know, brush it off, shake it off. You're good to go. Right. Instead of honoring the experience and saying like, Whoa, you fell hard and that really hurt. And your body is taking care of you. And yes, feel your feelings, feel, feel those tears, feel that pain. I didn't have that experience. I had a mother that was very busy taking care of other people's children. And she was a really great mom, but there's divided attention. I had a father who was busy working, you know, and and growing up in a very suburban, typical household um, and getting nurturing that I needed, but not fully, you know, it's like, I can remember my feelings of abandonment and because I didn't get breastfed past three weeks old, you know, it's like, finding these different correlations and connections. And so then we reflect back on, okay, so then we're creating patterns out of mainly survival. You know, there are patterns that are being created out of safety and ease, but then the truth is, is that our parents do the best they can. We're doing the best we can. And so as we get older and we start to understand these types of patterns of like, man, the adult conscious part of me, like, doesn't really like, like what's happening here, but like my body can't help but react in this way. Mm -hmm. Wow. I wonder where that came from. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And, and by the way, that reminds me of, you know, how, how did that affect your ability to, to follow your intuition or that inner guidance to either higher and better choices for yourself or choices that were in alignment? Did, Mm -hmm. did that kind of, I want to use the word neglect, although it sounds like, you know, it wasn't a neglectful childhood. It was kind of, you know, it was what it was, but 
What's that? It's a pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty normal. But you know, in that, that presence neglect, you know, if you're, if your family wasn't present to your intuitive and sensitive nature, how did yeah. you struggle with that as a young person? And, and maybe even sometimes as an adult. Yeah. Uh, high anxiety as a fourth grader, knowing that I like, it was so hard to go to sleep, like every single night, just stressing and churning and like not wanting to like actually unwind to be able to go to sleep for the next day. Just, just this like high level of anxiety, whether it was getting it from the school system or the bullies and the friends at school that didn't fully accept me. Like I did a lot of hiding away. I hung out with the lunch lady a lot. You know, she was my friend. Mine was the art teacher, by the way. (laughs) And I I learned so many amazing (laughs) things from her, but it's like, I didn't learn things amongst my peers. It didn't feel safe. It didn't feel safe for me to be me on a variety of different levels, except for like with this one woman that just gave me the opportunity to really be me. Mm -hmm. Um, And also growing up in a very Christian household, you know, there's a lot of not, you know, wanting to explore different things um, and not feeling safe enough to do that or accepted enough to do that. And so as I became older, I went to college and stopped going to church and just realized that, wow, I have a lot of questions inside of myself. And I let myself be open to those questions. And as I continue to unfold in those questions and being inquisitive and being willing to, to question, you know, the, the things that I thought that I knew or the way that I was brought up, you know, it really started to open my eyes to this different way of being and this different way of knowing and trusting my own self. Mm-hmm. When I was pregnant with my first daughter, I decided to have a home birth only because, and only because it was like, my grandmother was born at home. So I was like, people do this. Like, this can't be like that out of the norm, but also <laughs> there was this intrinsic innate intelligence and this body wisdom that clicked on that said, you can do this. And why wouldn't you do this any other way? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I followed and I've just continued to follow those breadcrumbs. And I have never been disappointed, disappointed in following my gut ever. Mm-hmm. Amen. I love that. Yep. Amen. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So so important. And, and yeah, that, that is, that is so common. The, you know, the Christian household thing. I know a lot of my clients have dealt with that. I dealt with that as well, you know, with much respect to, to the Christian upbringing, it just, at a certain point, when you have high intuition and you have high spiritual sensitivity, and there's, you kind of have more questions than can be answered by those written rules. Um, it can be hard to, to explore and expand and allow that, you know, somewhat witchy part of yourself to, to be free. (laughs) So it sounds like you definitely set her free. And I can imagine that, you know, in dampening your own inner voice all that time, your throat chakra took a little bit of a beating and you shared with me that you, um, had your own illness, your own kind of dark night that led to some of the powerful work you do today. Can you tell us about that throat chakra stuff that you mentioned? Woo. The throat chakra, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it just, so I'm a, I'm so I'm a brand new mother. We're, we're about six, six, seven months in I'm living at my partner's parents' home. So I already, the ideals and the fantasy of home life look very different than what I thought. My relationship with this partner isn't 
the best um, to the point where, you know, the consideration that are we even a family is up for debate. And I woke up on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, new baby, not looking in the mirror every single day, but took a look in the mirror and I had a, a lump on my throat that, that was like the size of an egg. And it was just this really interesting epiphany of like, whoa, where did that come from? And why didn't I notice this before? And I live with three other adults. Why didn't anybody else tell me about this? Like, what is this thing? And so it was um, a little bit of panic in the beginning. And then, you know, I, I collected myself and you know, I was like, okay, well, let's go see the doctor. I could feel it. It moved around a bit. It wasn't like hard, hard. So I was like, okay, that's a good sign. Like anytime we have bumps and lumps in our body, if it's a hard fixed nodule, that is a problem more often than not. But if it's malleable and it's movable, you know, there's a little room for ease in that space. So I go and I get an ultrasound. It's, it's a liquid filled sac. I'm on Medi-Cal, Medicare, whatever. So it's just like, everything is a slow, slow process. So in the midst of doctor's visits, I'm going and I'm seeing a personal therapist and just working through the stuff, working through the mom issues, the dad issues, my own like trust issues. Trust probably came up the most in like, oh, I don't trust myself because I also wasn't growing up. I grew up with a parent that, you know, when I expressed, I wanted to do something is like, no, 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 that's not what you want. So it's like, oh, well, I, I can't, I guess can't trust the thing that I feel like I want because I'm being told by an adult that it's, that's not what you mean. That's not what you want. You can't do this because you won't, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, that won't be the life that you need. And so I have this throat thing, right? So communication, my truth, I'm in a relationship that doesn't serve me. I'm not serving myself. I'm not being honest and upfront with, with first and foremost me. And so this throat thing allows me to start to dive into the, like the, the crap, it just fully into the crap. And then after about three months or so of just really being real about all that, my therapist She's like, all right, now that we've dealt with like the stuff that's wrong, I want to pivot you and I want you to go focus on what's right in your body. And that's all I want you to focus on. And so that led me to my practitioners and teachers of the Elan healing systems out of Newcastle, California. And so I started to get connected into the right parts of my body. I got connected into the parts of my body that had full permission, had more safety, had more ease and over about a year's time. So I had the lump on my throat for about two years in total and about after the therapy and into the Elan body work, um, they're called entrainments. So after about a year of entrainments, the throat thing went down because it got big. It got like past my jawline. So it was like a solid piece of matter on my body and then as I just got more and more connected in my ease and I allowed my body the space and the time and the opportunity to first figure out, pick, peek in the little boxes of trauma and like process them gently, that went down. And so ultimately I got surgery and the surgery just said, it's not cancer. It's just a salivary gland that filled up with blood. 
there's, it's a random anomaly. We don't know why it happened, but it happened. Mm-hmm. I know why it happened. My <laughs> ENT laughed at me. I was like, do you think it could be my truth? And he's just like, sure. <laughs> like, fine. Ease you him know? into it. Ease him into it. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, oh, and as I got more connected and I changed my life drastically, like we burned some stuff down and got really real about what has happened up until that point and the version of the person I want to be and move into that throat thing gave me this physical manifestation, kick in the pants saying, if you don't pay attention to me now, you have no choice to pay attention to me at this moment. Yep. That's right. That's how it happens. I, I teach that every day with intuitive development, that it starts as a little wisp of, of either a dream or an impression or, you know, however it comes to you. And then it'll move into the mental, emotional body and to upset mental health issues. Then it moves into the physical body until you just can't ignore it. And it's just not that we cause it. It's just a connection. It's like our spirits trying to get through to us and it's going to do whatever it needs to do. You're absolutely right. And, and so how does that, you know, today, um, you mentioned you're still doing some inner child work and on that fight or flight response. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and what maybe you've been struggling with the most in the last six to 12 months? Well, I'm a business owner. I've been an entrepreneur for the longest time. Um, but really fully stepping into that role. And then it's like, what's more scary in this world than being an entrepreneur sometimes like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is the most exciting enthralling like boundary edge pushing experience and it's so scary and it's so stressful sometimes and i would never give it up for the world but our inner child wants to be loved she wants to know or he wants to know that you know I got you. It's okay. Yeah. You might feel scared. Yeah. You might feel lonely. Like, but, but in this moment, like know that as, as the adult, as the grown up here, like I got you little one. And so in the last bit of time, it's just been a lot of reassuring her that like, it's safe, you know, it's, it's safe to wave your flag. It's safe for you to say the things that you've been wanting to say instead of stifling your voice and just putting it away because it's so much easier in the moment to not ruffle feathers, to not push into somebody else's truth, to not, you know, and I don't give unsolicited advice ever. So, um, for these types of reasons, but it's like, but in those moments, it's really vital to know that like, it's safe. It's safe to say the things that you need to say, right? And it's safe to be loved and it's safe to fall down and know that someone's there, like I'm there for her. And she'll pop up in little instances, whether it's for joyful celebration or if it's like for grief and fear and sadness. And it's just like, oh yeah, it's just been this like beautiful acknowledgement Mm -hmm. of this piece of us that doesn't go away. Like Molly, you're five. And I'm five and Mm -hmm. everyone who's listening to this, like you are five somewhere inside of you. Mm -hmm. And when those really like, and that's part of shadow work too. If we think about, you know, the shadow work of being a, from being a child, it's like, think about all the things that someone just like pressed out of you and like pushed out of you and like dampened down. It's like, those things come back. 
as shadow yeah. stuff. Yeah. You're like, Ooh, I want to like, do I want to play in that shadow stuff? And it feels weird and scary because it's like, it's been neurologically like programmed to like push away, but it's like, that's such a part of us. And if we can really settle into first loving her first or loving him first, then we can leave a little bit more room to play in the shadows because then we trust that oh, I am light and I'm not going to be consumed by the dark, but I have the safety in that little flicker flame to know that I can find my way even in the darkest of caves. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. And, and so I pulled a few cards for you at this moment, as you're, as you're playing in the shadows and and embracing that child, if you don't mind me sharing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, definitely, you know, you've got your arrow set in, in the direction of a lot of new things and, and a new direction for your work. And, and there is this learning that's going on for you that you can affect your flow because being, being intuitive, being spiritually sensitive and all the things that, that you just shared, you know, there is a tendency to just say, well, we're really good at going with the flow. So let's just see like, what should I do right now? Or what, what's okay for me to do right now? Instead of, you know, when I'm getting this guidance from my inner power, my inner spirit, and it says, go do that and affect that flow. So I think there's, there's an empowerment piece for you to a new level to know that you can affect that. And also the trust that it will happen and, and fall into place the way that your guides and your higher power needs it to for you. So it's this balance between the masculine, not a forcefulness, but assertiveness and the feminine receptiveness mm. of receiving that new path. Does that, does that resonate with you? Oh, totally. Cool. Absolutely. And, and you're coming out of a time of finding a lot of beauty in yourself and confidence with that. So really owning, owning all of that, that beautiful wisdom that you have to share and help people with. But as you move forward, um, there's a learning curve coming up that you may feel like it's moving too slow or it's that you're hitting the same walls over and over again. And just remember when that happens, that if you tune into that inner, inner five-year-old or whatever, wherever the magic child is for you, this kind of magical ability to believe in more, to believe in the, the most magical aspects of yourself and your ability to bring this healing work to the world. I see writing courses really like taking it to the next level of being not a guru, but like really being a stand for these things that, that, you know, to be true now from all the work that you've done, but it is going to be a learning curve stepping into that and like how to get it out there. So Mm -hmm. it's really about staying positive and believing in it, like almost like a Tinkerbell, like, you know, clap, you know, clap. So (laughs) she knows you believe it's like, continue to be in that and, and play with it and try not to get too serious. I think is the is the goal. Does that make sense? Is that some tra- a trap that you might fall into sometimes? Yes. Be, especially being playful around things. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. remembering like, it's okay. Because I was a very serious child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very, you know, to be playful was not my nat- my like intrinsic nature because it was shadowed by so much more anxiety and fear. So yeah. That makes total yeah. sense. Yep. So it's, it's being your own cheerleader and also receiving that and being patient too. Like it doesn't just because you don't know something, you know, cause it, I feel like you're venturing into areas that you haven't quite before. So mm-hmm. it's like trusting your intuition to find the way and, and knowing that you won't be led astray if, as long as you follow that. Yeah. 
And any, any place right now where you feel off track, um, remember that your spirit guides again, will lead you into, into the wall until you make a different choice. So if there's a repetitive pattern going on, uh, it's like, okay, it's time to now say yes to the new uh, direction because mm. otherwise I'm just going to keep, keep coming back around to this and I'm, I'm done. I've learned this lesson enough times <laughs> and I see the smile there. So, so I know that that rings true. Um, and it, it's so much of this is about the obstacle is about owning your purpose and knowing that beyond beyond the ties of family, ancestry, um, any, any descriptor that we have as human beings, that you are connected to your higher grace. And that is what you came to share. And as a mother, yes, as a, as a partner, yes, all the things, but there's this ability that you do have within you to support yourself fully and be a pillar and column of that strength, but that's also the biggest obstacle. So whether that means, you know, doling out some responsibility or asking for help more, but also trusting yourself to move forward as, as but on your own volition, not mm -hmm. as a response to something is yeah. going to be really important. And, um, at the end here, I see a lot about, um, you know, there is trust in your intuition and, and trusting opportunities when they come to you, receiving them with open arms and anything around inner child stuff that, that you find is negative self-talk oriented right now, like as we end 2022 and go into 2023, um, reprogramming that negative self-talk is going to be super important yeah. because, you know, you've got, you've got some dreams and, and you want to admit to them, you want to admit to them, um, yeah. but it's going to take some boundaries and, and admitting that to yourself and knowing that you can do it uh, and letting go of some old disempowering stories. Yeah, that's a big, yeah. And I know one of the big ones is just worry. Worry. Yeah. I, I love that the phrase worry is just negative prayer. Yeah. And, and I certainly forget it myself when I get to the worry, but then when I remember that, I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> how can I shift that back into a mantra or a, a humble prayer of, you know, I'm open to wonderful surprises. I think, you know, I'll, I'll offer you that. Cause that, Ooh, that helps like me that. a lot. <laughs> yeah. When you hear it, when you feel it, like you're spinning in a spiral, like, oh, wait, what if, what if I'm totally surprised about this? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it's so much is just the perspective shift, the perception shift. Oh, wow. Am I looking at symptoms and disease as something to fix and go back into my old self? Or am I seeing it as like, Whoa, like there's fuel here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that really it's your next assignment. <laughs> Yeah, I love that too. And that, that, that's so empowering for the listeners too. When, when you're dealing with physical illness or even, yeah, mental illness, anxiety, depression, different yep. things. Sometimes you need that extra help, but also doing the mindset work and changing the story is so important for the long-term balance. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, I know Melissa understands that I've, I've been through that and I've shared that many times, but just remember that changing the story is everything. So with whatever else you're doing, make sure that you're handling mind, body, and spirit, not neglecting one over the other. And there are no, no quick fixes, but everything in life is, is a lesson and a healing opportunity. Absolutely. Awesome. And what a beautiful thing that we get to experience as humans. We get to change our minds and we get to change our stories and we get to ultimately choose how we show up in every moment. 
Absolutely. It's pretty cool. It's it is. Your adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you for being a guest on the show today, Melissa. Where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about you? I have a website at mlmoonstudio.com. I'm on Instagram, uh, mlmoon with a little underscore studio. I'm on Facebook, but find me on Instagram. You're going to do better in, in contacting me if you have any questions. I also have a little freebie if you go on my website. So getting better connected into your body, right? So easy, simple practices that we can do, putting our hands on our body and then connecting into the different parts. So it's a active breathwork meditation, 10 minutes. It's a fabulous skill to have under your belt for either cultivating more ease, or if you feel disconnected or anxious or whatever, you can find your home base where that is. And you can use that as a well of opportunity to um, grow more of that free energy and ease. So that's on my website um, if you're interested in, in uh, opting into that. Awesome. Thank you so very much. And this has been a wonderful conversation and a pleasure to meet you. So hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you, Molly. You're welcome. And thanks guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.